Chapter 1 Nine Years Before the Thran Phyrexian War Glaceon loved the darkness and sulfur. He loved the massive machines. Gigantic cams rotated in volcanic vents. Shafts hissed with superheated steam. Boilers growled ceaselessly. Fires belched from smelters. Crystal orbs glowed incandescent. Glaceon loved the Halcyon Manor Rig. Vast and subterranean, sunk within a dormant volcano, suffused with the raw energy of the world. He was the only one in the city who truly understood these machines. In the city and in the world. Glaceon was the greatest artificer in an empire of great artificers. This, his design, was ten times as powerful, one hundred times as efficient, and one quarter of the size of the rig at Shiv. Glaceon was the only one in the world who understood these machines, and the machines returned the favor. They were the only ones who understood Glaceon. No! No, you festering scab! Glaceon said, cuffing a much-abused goblin on the back of the head. Bleed vents at five and nine, not four and seven. You want to blow the whole rig up? You want to blast Halcyon from the face of the globe? Bleed five and eight, the jangle creature said, struggling to count on hands one finger short. Not five and eight, five and nine. Count your thumbs too, Glaceon growled, whapping the creature again. The man's hair had prematurely grayed from dealing with creatures such as this one. Though he was only forty, Glaceon seemed fifty-five. Short, skinny, and stooped, he was a craven creature suited for the sulfuric darkness he loved. Go! Get out of here! I'll do it myself! Go! Keep going until you reach the caves of the damned! You'll be more useful to them roasted on a stick than you are to me! That much was untrue. As at Shiv, this machinery was designed to be run by goblins. The crawl spaces would not admit humans. Though plenty of Thran artificers had helped build the rig, no Thran was willing to work in the broiling blackness, forever at risk of searing to the side of a blast furnace. The citizens of Halcyon would not deign descend from their floating paradise above, even though their paradise was held aloft by the power stones from the rig. Neither could the prisoners in the caves of the dam ascend to work the rig. Only goblins had the affinity from the dark spaces. Only goblins would put up with the rancorous Glaceon. Even his own apprentices disliked their teacher. It was just as well. Glaceon preferred the company of goblins. Glaceon stalked across the floor amid steaming stacks and clanging grills. He reached the vent gauge. A tepid flame burned dismayly above the sooty array, casting dim light down. Glaceon fetched a filthy rag from a nearby hook and wiped the grit from the gauges. Checking levels, he bled pressure from vents 5 and 9, bringing them into line. The little muckers could use a few more fingers. They constantly loosened them under the orbs. A deep rumble began in the passage beyond the machines. Ah! There's one just now. Glaceon strode toward the sound, past flanks of sweating steel. He knew every contour of these vast devices. He'd seen them all in his head months before anyone had seen them in reality. Schematics forever cascaded through his mind. He thought in three-dimensional layouts as others thought in words. An idea for a new engine could be born in the beginning of a breath and fully formed and articulated in his mind before he exhaled. It was only his hands that slowed him down. He couldn't set his ideas to paper fast enough. People slowed him even more. A third of his inventions remained unbuilt for a lack of money, and a third more for a lack of desire. The final third appeared around him just as the vast rig had. One moment of inspiration realized over a long decade by a thousand workers. The very heart of that inspiration had rolled just ahead of him. Glaceon emerged from among the machines. He entered a long corridor with a padded groove down its center. The groove sloped gently down toward the crystal charging chamber to his left. To his right, 
a glorious vision approached. Out of the darkness loomed a gigantic crystalline orb. It was perfectly smooth. A solid sphere of crystal. The orb would measure 20 feet in diameter and would weigh over 100 tons. Glaceon knew these facts instinctively. He rarely thought of facts when he saw the vast globes rolling down the charging chamber. He thought instead of beauty. It was his one true connection to beauty. Except for the ubiquitous goblins that impelled it on its way. They thrust crude wooden staves beneath the orb, some behind it to roll it forward, and some before it to slow it down. Glaceon could have provided them with an engineered tool, but wood was soft enough not to scratch the crystal. Goblin bone was not. Get out of the way! Glaceon shouted, striding toward the work crews. He yanked one of the little creatures from its staff, which was caught beneath the advancing sphere. Watch your claws, you little dung beetle! You want that thing to roll over you? Glaceon had strictly forbidden workers from being caught beneath orbs. Still, every month, one another was crushed, marring an orb with tooth and bone scratches. Glaceon often wished for a draught that would soften goblin teeth and bones, preventing such damage, but the dark arts of medicine were forbidden since the Civil War. Let the staff go, he advised the goblin and dragged him back among the machines. It'll be splinters after the orb is past it. Man and monster stood side by side as the huge ball rolled past. The thing was three and a half times Glaceon's height. Even in its smooth track, it shook the floor. A single orb that would break into a thousand power stones. A thousand stones charged in a single irradiation. He shook his head, laughing. They're glad to get a hundred stones a month from the rig and shiv. A mewling sound came from the goblin at his side. Ah, oh, would you look at that? Ah, oh, damn it. What? Asked Glaceon. What? Look at my stick. The thing lay pulverized in the track. Typical scrot. A priceless jewel rolls past you, but all you see is a line of sawdust. Damn it. The goblin agreed, kicking at the splinters. Damn it. Glaceon shook his head. Goblins were only slightly less perceptive than the average citizen of Halcyon above. Were it not for Glaceon's dark machines, his hellish rig, and his incomprehensible minions, none of the city's heavenly splendor would exist. This very orb was destined to provide the foundation stones of the Thran Temple, the loftiest building in all the city. Though the people of Halcyon lived on, in and because of Glaceon's work, they resented and distrusted him all the same. Ignoring the despondent goblin, Glaceon followed in the wake of the rolling orb. Goblin teams prodded it past humming machines and in the chamber at the corridor's end. The space centered on a six-foot circular well in the floor. Atop this well, the orb settled, the curving walls contained similar holes, each leading to shafts that would emit sunlight from mirror rays across the desert. The rest of the chamber was silvered, so that none of the light energy of the sun or the heat energy of the volcano would be lost. Even the vast curved door that admitted them was mirrored within. Glaceon walked about the globe, chattering goblins polished it with long cloths. The man meanwhile stared into the depths of the stone, so deep, so perfect a crystal was black at its center. Whatever light streamed into it was diverted around its heart. It was but ten feet away through clear crystal, and yet it might have been the hidden core of another world. All right, that's enough, Glaceon said to the goblins. Any dust or oil on the outside of the stone would be flash burned in the first moments of irradiation. Clear the chamber. Secure the door. As goblins poured from the space, jabbering, Glaceon withdrew to a curved stair. He climbed it. The steps followed the outer edge of the charging chamber. At the top lay a room, his control room. Within was a solitary seat before a power stone console. A small black portal peered into the charging chamber. 
only when bombarded with energy enough to melt basalt would the mirrored window give any glimpse of what occurred within. Glaceon seated himself before the console. A cluster of speaking tubes emerged from its center. He flipped the tubes open. At the base of each rested a gleaming power stone that would convey his words over yards and miles. Lock the doors! Doors locked down! came the reply. Slide thermal hatches! Hatches sliding! Open spectral channels. Channels opening! Align mirrors array 3, 6, and 9. Arrays aligning! The wall of the control chamber began to buzz, and a dim twinkle pierced the blackened glass. Align arrays 2, 5, and 8! The light intensified. Shafts around the chamber poured light into the orb. Heat energy blazed up from below. Align arrays 1, 4, and 7! The glow grew intense. Fingers of light and fire reached into the black heart of the orb. The secret center that once bent light away from it could no longer hold the brilliant flood. The stone beamed like a second sun. Volcanic heat spread upward through the crystal. It rumbled and rattled. The glare was unbearable, but Glaceon did not look away. This was his very mind, immense and perfect, shot through a power so magnificent it could not hold it. Cracks appeared through the crystal like lightning through the sun. Jagged fissures rushed from the heart outward in all directions. The fissures met and multiplied along fracture lines. Soon what was ragged became regular. Instead of uneven shards of stone, the great orb was splitting into perfect jewels. Tetrahedrons, hexahedrons, octahedrons, dodecahedrons, icosahedrons. They were packed into tight, concentric shells all through the vast orb. Where the geometry of the space would not permit regular solids, other glimpsing shapes appeared. Briolettes and a starburst around the inner core and marquee gems proliferating across the outer edge. Some were the size of heads, some of hearts, some of eyes, and some of tiny teeth, but each was a perfect form. All those facets caught the light. A thousand new lenses and a hundred thousand new mirrors. It intensified again. The orb trembled violently. If it broke apart now, all the stones would only be so many hunks of fine-cut glass. But if the sphere held together a moment more, to cling past impossibility, Glaceon whispered avidly. His own eyes glared with the fury of transformation. What a vision. He slammed an inch-thick visor over the window, just in time. The light that burst into B and Beyond was enough to shine through solid steel and clearly outline with his own finger bone and upheld hands. Within the chamber, enough raw energy solicited to energize every separate stone in the orb. The facets remained, perfect and immutable, but the material within each stone was transformed from matter into pure energy. A stone the size of a tooth could light a whole room. A stone the size of an eye could propel a sedan chair around the city. A stone the size of a heart could heat a home even in the coldest winter. A stone the size of a head could send caravels racing through the sky. A stone the size of a man could provide a foundation for an aerial temple, the Thran Temple. Glaceon stood. There was no more to see. Every gauge across his console rattled in overload. The shuttered window beamed like a hundred torches. The speaking tubes roared with reports from crews far and near. Glaceon ignored it all. If all was right, the chamber now held a thousand power stones. Even if a single fault occurred, the implosion would gut the whole manor rig and bring the city crashing down. There was no stopping the process now. Glaceon opened the door to the control room and placidly descended the stairs. The stone wall beside him, ten feet thick, blazed with light and radiated heat that curled the hairs on his arm. He whistled happily. By the time he reached the base of the stairs, the reaction was waning. Broiling air hissed from release valves all around the chamber 
and would have killed any creature who stood in the wrong spot. Glaceon set his hand in the latch. With gentle pressure, he released the seal. The door flung open. There, before him, the massive orb stood. It gleamed brilliantly, a thousand charged power stones in matrix before their creator. Tiny lines of smoke hissed up from every crack to circle ominously against the mirrored ceiling above. Glaceon drew in the scent of them. It was sharp and killing odor, the smell of lightning just before it strikes. A goblin brought him a wooden staff, as the creature had been trained to do. Glaceon lifted it overhead and brought the staff down on the 20-foot sphere. Gemstones cascaded. They made bell tones as they slid down around their maker. Glaceon stood in the gleaming flood of them. He thought how these stones, the largest of the thousand, would bear up the temple his love was building. Yet it was not merely the machines and stone that understood Glaceon the genius. It was also his beloved, Rebek. As the crystal settled to the floor around him, Glaceon muttered to the goblin, Behold! Only it wasn't a goblin. The rank and the decrepit figure beside him was a human, an untouchable from the caves of the damned. They escaped their deep prison whenever they could, sneaked up to the rig like curious rats. This one leered up, his eyes lit with animal fury. He clutched one of the new power stone in his hand. Welcome to the company of the damned! The twisted little man rammed that perfect stone into Glaceon's belly. In the next moments, there was only thrashing and blood and the dim recognition that the untouchables were riding through the rig. Glaceon slumped down, bleeding atop the glimmering stones he had made. There was not to be blood on these gleaming crystals. There was not to be blood on the foundation stones of the Thran Temple. Forgive me, Rebek. Forgive me. Rebek rushed down the infirmary halls to a junction. She paused and raked disheveled blonde hair from her eyes. Which way? Where is he? She pounded a fist on her leg, sending a puff of cement powder into the air. She thought she knew these white and winding passageways. After all, she designed the building. Long banks of windows showed the glorious city, meant to provide hope to those who were sick. The curving walls and frosted skylights were meant to emulate clouds. The meandering paths were to seem gardens in the sky. Merely walking and breathing in this infirmary should have restored health. All of it. All of it, though, in this dire moment, had become a maddening maze. Recognizing one of the healers, Rebecca rushed down the hall toward her. Do you know where he is? Where is Glaceon? Glaceon? The woman asked placidly with her white robes. Yes, Glaceon, the genius of Halcyon, Rebecca insisted, clinging to the woman. Do you know where he is? A light of recognition entered the healer's eyes. Oh, the man stabbed during the manor rig riot. Yes, he is just ahead. In the room on the right. Normally, Rebecca would have thanked her, but she was too intent on the doorway. Beyond, Glaceon lay on a marble table. His arms and legs were splayed over its edges. Each limb was held down by a huddling healer. Three more worked above. Their white robes were painted in blood, their sure fingers trembling with uncertainty. What is it? Rebecca asked anxiously. What is happening? One of the healers, an elderly man with eyebrows as broad and white as feathers, looked distressfully into Rebecca's eyes. Our healing magic. It isn't working with him. It only seemed to make him worse. It only seems to heat up the crystal. Then Rebecca saw it. A stone the size of a man's heart rammed into a gory wound in Glaceon's belly. The power stone must be interfering with the magic. You gotta pull it out. The healer's eyes grew wider still. Our faith teaches that the hand of magic is to remove any foreign object lest fumbling fingers further injure the... 
Before any healer could stop her, Rebecca reached in and drew forth the sanguine stone. It was a briolet-cut gem. Glaceon's blood ran down its edges. Rebecca stared for a moment at the horrific thing and then thrust it at one of the healers. Take it! Until the stone is gone! The healing magic will not work! A young man received the stone with a wordless nod and conveyed it quickly from the room. Rebecca stroked the sweat-speckled face of her husband. It's out, Glaceon. The stone is out. The man's convulsions had ceased. He lay now like a wrenched rag on the bloody table. There's more, he rasped. Where that came from, a good hundred for your temple. Temple be damned, Rebecca said. It's you I'm worried about. Let the healers do their work. Let them close the wound. Glaceon smiled. A rare sight. This one feels deep. Feels like it might never close. Before Rebecca could answer, a great roar shook the infirmary. There came a rending sound and shrieks. A power stone implosion. A healer came from the hall. Come quick! Half the building is gone! Half the building is gone! Rebecca stared in dumb amazement. The stone, Glaceon gasped out. It must have been imperfect. How could that be? Rebecca wondered, dread veiling her face. Glaceon bleakly gasped. What perfect stone could have stabbed me 